Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. All right, counting down in three, two, one. Welcome to a special edition of College Golf Talk. I'm Brentley Romine. My co-host, Steve Burkowski, he has other business to tend to. He's enjoying his birthday with his family, rightfully so, recharging after a long NCAA Women's Championship, gearing up for the men here in a couple days. We will have coverage live on Golf Channel Monday through Wednesday from Greyhawk. Uh, but this podcast a little bit partial to people born on May 24th, so that's why we are joined today by Burko's birthday twin. Uh, after making a special announcement of her own earlier today, Rose Zhang, greatest female amateur of all time, in my opinion, and the opinions of many. She's now a professional golfer. She's going to make her pro debut next week at the LPGA's Mizuho America's Open at Liberty National. Rose, happy 20th, and thanks for joining. First off, how's it feel that <laughs> this day is finally here? You're a professional golfer. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been an incredible journey. It's been an incredible ride. Um, I feel like I haven't been able to settle in, but I've had an amazing birthday with so many of my teammates, my friends, uh, and coming back to campus has always been a super warm welcome. So uh, I've just been trying to figure out uh, what my life would look like the next couple months, the next couple years. Um, and is everything's just been going super well. Um, and especially with NCAAs wrapping up, um, that was my final event. Uh, and even though I wasn't announcing it, um, it, a lot of people could tell, especially after that last match. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Hopefully you got some good birthday presents, uh, from your friends, your family. A hundred percent. Yeah, no, I, um, especially back home, my dad would send me a couple photos, um, from family friends who would give me little gifts and I'm just forever grateful to have their support and love. Uh, and it's just, a good time to kind of celebrate me being born. Um, but apart from we were, that. We were glad you were born, Rose. Um, <laughs> you know, with, with, with your golf, with everything in your life, your academics, I think you have a, uh, your head coach, Ann Walker, said you have a 3.86 GPA uh, <laughs> and a pretty difficult major. But 
you usually leave no stone unturned. Take us a little bit through the decision-making process. Uh, did you weigh the pros and cons and what ultimately made you decide that this was the right time to make the jump? Of course. Uh, when I first started, uh, I was looking at colleges back in ninth grade and already there, there was a lot of speculation about whether or not I was going to turn professional or pursue collegiate golf. And, um, you know, rumors go around and I never really bothered with any of them. I tried to do my own thing. Uh, I was very adamant on playing collegiate golf. So uh, I continued to make my unofficial visits, uh, talk to coaches, Coach Walker, uh, and made my decision to come here uh, for the 2025 grad year. And uh, from there, you know, a lot of people still had much speculation whether or not I was going to enter the gates of Stanford because back in 2020, uh, after winning the U.S. Women's Amateur and playing well at ANA, I was uh, kind of on a roll to pursuing professional golf uh, since my game, uh, according to other people, seemed ready. Uh, but I really felt like college is an experience that will last a lifetime and uh, it's a step that I want to take for myself uh, just to grow and develop as a person. Uh, so it was a no-brainer there for me. Now, uh, going into college, uh, there's the new NIL and there's a lot of new things happening in the collegiate world uh, that has never happened before. So that definitely puts a lot of different things into perspective. Uh, and I really took everything step by step. Um, in the last two years, everyone's constantly asking, um, are you going to turn professional? Or they would assume, oh, she's definitely going pro. Uh, and I didn't have the answer. Uh, when people asked me in interviews, I genuinely did not know. Therefore, I said, I have no clue. I'm just looking at a one-year plan, which is exactly what I did. Um, but, you know, the last, I would say, year or half a year uh, was when I really solidified the decision, hey, maybe... Um, Maybe professional golf is out there for me soon. And um, I feel like I've gained a lot of experience from college. It doesn't mean that I gained all the experience I need for life, but I've gained a decent amount to where I think that I should make the leap to professional golf. And I went from there. Um, now I've, you know, I'm with Excel uh, Sports Management and uh, Kevin, my agent, has constantly been behind me for everything that um, he knows and all the logistics part of how to turn professional, um, talking to um, different brands and et cetera. So uh, I feel like I was slowly growing into that business professional mindset. Um, and that really helped with um, since NIL was in play um, in college. So Everything just really went so well, uh, and I kept trying to do my thing, uh, and I had people who supported me, so it was it was a good, clean decision, and now I'm here. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's interesting. I've always thought that one of the big benefits of NIL that maybe people don't talk about is it, it gives you that practice in the business world with developing relationships with sponsors and partners, and it kind of makes you grow up just a little bit more in that sense. But 
then you see it. I mean, when people make the jump to professional golf, they're more ready and they're not maybe quite as overwhelmed and they can focus more on golf. So I, I really feel like you're in a great spot. We love Kevin. He does a great job. <laughs> yes. uh, so a little, little shout out to Kevin. Now, um, Tuesday's match uh, against USC. Um, obviously, it was a long week. You admitted you were, you were a little bit gassed, um, as, as we all were. Um, but I was impressed afterwards, you know, how, how you handled it. Um, you know, there, there were some tears. I know it was a, a bittersweet moment, but there was a lot of smiles and the way you handled yourself in the aftermath, you still had to do interviews. You stuck around. Why can, can you explain why, um, there was so much joy kind of exuding from you? (laughs) Everything hit pretty hard after that final Mm -hmm. match. Um, I was fatigued the whole day. Um, the prior night, once you're done with individual stroke play, it is very hard to get yourself to bed because you have the adrenaline in you. And uh, getting to bed is sometimes not really the biggest option if your body does not let you rest. And um, I had a really good morning, um, but in the afternoon, everything just hit. Like I wasn't able, I wasn't hydrating enough. I wasn't eating enough. And you can't really do that, especially when you're playing a really long match against a really good competitor and a really good school. Um, But after the round, I just, I remember just all the memories flooding to me, especially ending on 17 um, from the previous year when we won nationals. Um, to seeing my teammates, it was just everything hit and I decided just embrace the moment. This is your final ride with the best people you can imagine. Um, that's there to support you and love you on a daily basis. And I think that's where the joy really came from because although it was bittersweet, it was kind of like a, I ended in the best way I could possibly end it. And I have no regrets um, in terms of what I did and how I did it throughout the week. Now, did someone try to throw you in the lake afterwards? Because there may be a video <laughs> going around. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Caroline Sturza. Of course, oh of course. Oh, my gosh. My favorite Swiss teammates. She is the most humble, um, energetic, and warm-hearted person um ever hold on Ro. she she tried to throw you in the lake afterwards hold on hold on (laughs) hold on she's not all great (laughs) the issue is she has too much power she lifts so heavy in the morning when we have 6 30 lift she's the one that's carrying 110 pound dumbbells and it's just it's actually insane what she does in the gym so with her carrying me it was like light work and I full on prepared myself. I was like, oh, no, this is not good. I am going to be dunked in this lake. Um, but obviously, you know, some of my teammates, she regained some logic and she was yeah. like, OK, well, I won't actually. But I think in her mind, it was like an impulse thought where she was like, I should just do it because <laughs> the water was died. So uh, I don't think that would have been ideal. <laughs> yeah, it seems that artificial splash uh, cannonball isn't, you know, smarter heads did did prevail, <laughs> thankfully. Um, now, I'm going to read some accomplishments. I know you're as humble as they come. So it probably makes you a little bit uncomfortable to hear all this. <laughs> but 12 wins, two NCAA individual titles, a team title last year. 
the winner of the Grand Slam of Women's Amateur Golf with the Augusta National Women's Amateur, Girls Junior, Women's Am. And I throw the World Amateur Team Championship in there. That's 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 a huge deal. Um, now, I said you're not one to brag, but hearing all that, what goes through your head, um, you know, as you look back and just how you know, maybe grateful you were that, you know, you were put in the position to have the talent to achieve all that. I think you put the words exactly. I'm just super grateful to be able to have those opportunities to even play those events because they're very selective teams. They're very selective uh, fields. And um, I was able to take that opportunity, enjoy every moment. Uh, even when the grind gets tough, I was able to prevail. And I think once I look back, I just can't really believe it. I genuinely think that um, skill is one thing and being able to execute is one thing, but I definitely had, um, a lot of faith, a lot of luck, a lot of support. And, uh, I think even though I do say it quite a bit, a lot of people do overlook it because they think, oh, it's just so easy for her. But I, there's so much prep work that goes behind it. There's so many people behind me that, um, dedicate themselves to make me better. And um, that tends to be overlooked a lot, especially with having elite athletes, you usually only see their names, you only see their scores. Um, but there's a bunch of people at work um, to help that one person get to the top. Um, and yeah, that's just how I feel. I feel like I'm the person that's being pushed and driven by a lot of other people um, who just work right in my life. Yeah, a cu couple of those. Um, let's let's talk about just a couple of those people who had such an impact on you. Your head coach, Ann Walker, um, one of the best, and if not the best, college coach in the country, men or women. How how has she shaped the person and, and employer you are today the most? She's an incredible human being. Um, the amount of respect I have for her is extremely immense. Um, when I first came to visit her at Stanford, um, she already had the no BS mentality. Um, she showed me around campus. She was very thoughtful of everything that I wanted to know about. Um, and it just showed that she's attentive of her players and she really cares. Um, so working under her, she's a very high disciplined person. And I really wanted someone who can help me reach new heights um, and not sweet talk me into anything. And that's exactly what she did. Going into college, she already knew that my game was pretty much ready for the professional level. Um, if I, you know, whack around the ball a little bit when I'm on tour, but um, the person in me is still not as developed as it should be once I'm on tour. So um, she said, once you're coming here, uh, you will learn that this is how you become independent and this is how you need to do what you need to do. Um, and Stanford's the place where you can figure out everything without having to worry about, oh, did I make a mistake? Um, it's a place where you can grow. So. Ultimately, that was what driv drove me to her um, with her support. And she's just a leader. Um, for her to bring together 10 women who are elite athletes worldwide, uh, it's not everyone can do that, uh, especially with, you know, female players. 
we all have our own backgrounds and different cultures, different mindsets. Um, with her to bring us collectively together, first of all, you know, we're all pretty cool, but, you know, it, we do need a leader um, who can show us what is right, what is wrong. So uh, I think she does that amazingly. Um, and one of my best mentors for sure. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because we've seen in the past few years in college golf, there's been some great teams that may not have had the chemistry that the Stanford Cardinal did. And it showed, mm -hmm. especially late in the season at the NCAA championship. I've always been impressed by that aspect of her because like you said, we're talking about elite, elite players, six, seven, eight deep. Um, one of those, your teammate, Rachel Heck, um, mm -hmm. obviously an, an unfortunate season for her with the surgery and, you know, she, her game wasn't quite there, um, did get one round in at Greyhawk, but um, we know that she'll be back stronger than ever. But she had a huge impact on you um, that I huge. think a lot of people may not realize. Um, she's a little bit of a prankster. I mean, she did – I mean, she, she put her rib in your golf bag the first round. Uh, kind of gross. Um, but, hey, <laughs> anyone who's known Rachel for that long is probably not surprised that that happened. But on a more serious note, what what has it been like being alongside her? Because I know that she said being alongside you, sometimes she has to step back and just really soak it in that she is just so blessed to be a part of your trajectory and your career. Yeah, well, I have to say the same thing. I step back and I look at her career and I'm just absolutely amazed by what she does. Um, she's one of the most versatile people that I know. Uh, one of the best college golfers, golfers of all time, like that I know. Uh, and even though she had a quote unquote unfortunate season, I genuinely think that this made her so strong. Um, she was able to overcome a surgery uh, with her first rib removed and come out to nationals, play that one round. No matter how bad she played, she still managed to finish it. And this is national championships. The golf course isn't easy and it's playing tough. So for other people who are seasoned and for her to come out here first round and just try to finish, there was no give in for her. Um, and I madly respect that. I actually met her when I was 13, I believe, but she was already, you know, the face of AJGA golf. And I played with her at the Ping Invitational uh, very selective field of 24 girls and absolutely mortified to be playing with her because, I mean, it is intimidating to play with Rachel Heck, who's, you know, top ranked in the country. Um, but she was super nice. And from then on, our friendship slowly blossomed. And even though we didn't know each other as well, um, once we got into high school and later on, it was just, it just clicked. We are super, super, we mesh well together. Um, even though we have very different personalities, our fundamentals are all the very much the same. We're sisters in Christ. And for her to be impacting me um, and realizing that golf is golf, but you have other parts to your life. She does ROTC. She volunteers for different charities. I, I just find her so inspiring for young kids, younger generations. And she really puts me um, in a place where I want to go out there and go beyond my golf game 
and be someone beyond what my score shows. Um, so with her being at Augusta too, I, that was incredible. I don't think we could ever share something um, so special. And I couldn't have been more glad to have her there. She flew in, even after all that pain, she flew in to watch. <laughs> like that's not everyone can do that. Yeah, I mean, she she made sure to bring all her painkillers. She gutted it out. The oh thing I remember, God. the thing I remember most about her when she was fourteen, we played together at in a junior am at the Annika, and she had this big head of hair, it was curly. It was all oh, over yeah. the place, <laughs> and she made eighteen pars for a junior am team. And I'm like, can you at least you know throw in a few birdies there to help us out? But no, <laughs> but no, I, I I really feel like the two of you have brought out you know parts of each other's personalities and even work ethics and golf games and stuff that, you know, maybe you didn't have before. I think you guys have been great for, for sure. each other. Um, and also, you- oh, and also just yeah. want to add, um, I mean, when I came into college, I was number one ranked in Wagger. Um, and I know that everyone was familiar with it, but Rachel has dominated college golf in her first year and she's number two ranked in the country it's very normal for us to be competitive. Like we could have very much been jealous of each other. We could have very much been like, okay, been I frenemies. Down. like I don't really <laughs> care about you as a person. I just want that number one spot. Um, but that's so opposite of everything that we were. Uh, and that was just astounding. Like I, I definitely felt that from her. I felt the love and genuine care and vice versa. Um, I hope that she thinks that. So <laughs> so we we uh, couldn't welcome you on the podcast with without a little goat talk, a little greatest of all time. <laughs> I, I, I know that's your favorite thing to talk about, but just reminding our listeners the parallels between you and Lorena Ochoa with winning eight of 10 times, 12 times in a career. Um, your, your careers have been so similar, but you won two events that she didn't, um, college golf and the, especially the women's game, a lot deeper now. Um, she's obviously great in her own right, um, but I think your head coach said it. Opposing coach Justin Silverstein at USC said it. A lot of people have said it. You have had the best female amateur career, but with that responsibility um, comes a lot of demands for your time, um, demands that Lorena – never had with NIL and sponsors and media, mm-hmm. you know, asking to be on podcasts and people coming to Stanford to do video documentaries and all of this stuff. And you've probably said no a couple of times somewhere, you know, many moons ago, but you always seem to say, yes, we talked about this a couple of days ago, but how have you balanced all of those demands, all of that time while still, you know, working on your golf game and trying to be the best player that you can? Yeah, it's difficult, Um, especially in this day and age. uh, Media is a huge thing. And um, being a public figure, um, knowing that your golf game propelled you to be in a position where a lot of people want to know about you uh, and want to see what's going on inside your head and everything. it's, it does require a lot of time. Um, I've learned, especially after freshman year, freshman fall, that I can't stretch myself too thin. So while I did say yes to everything in the fall, um, I still, you know, had to learn, okay, 
I burned out a little bit and I need to take a step back, understand that this is not sustainable and I need to figure out what works right for me, uh, figure out my schedule with practice because I was a hardcore practicer, understanding that I need my massages, I need my PT um, and needing my time to be with people around me to socialize. Um, it took a lot of practice and it took a lot of mindfulness. Um, and I think, especially with me going into professional golf now, that's going to be the same transition. I transitioned from junior golf to college golf, understanding that dynamic. But now from college golf to professional golf, that's another step. So um, I'm very much aware that there's a lot of responsibilities that these LPGA tour players have. Um, and, and that's why they're elite players, but there's, I just enjoy the process for the most part. Um, I have people around me who are always like, Oh, that's so cool. Like they always uplift me. And I realize that, Hey, the things that I'm doing are cool. Um, and I very much enjoy doing it. So I'm going to keep on taking my time and doing so, even if it does sacrifice a little bit of my rest um, or a little bit of my excess time um, to just relax. So I think for the most part, I've been pretty out and about, but it's the lifestyle that I love. <laughs> yeah, it's it definitely better than, uh, you know, not being around people, right? I mean, people, uh, <laughs> People are great. Um, and you know, you treat people, um, the way that I think everyone would, would like to treat people. Um, 22 wins since the beginning, beginning of 2019. Uh, actually you broke Wagger on, on Monday. I was trying to look at some results and Wagger oh. was down. So I think you, with your 22nd win in the last four years, you, you officially broke, broke Wagger, but it's back up. Um, you know, you, you've obviously, showed up at college events, amateur events as with the biggest target on your back. Um, everyone expecting you to win the LPGA and professional golf, um, a little bit different story because you're going to, you know, go up against players now like Nellie Corda and Jin Young Ko, who, you know, have, have, have proven and, and, and their own ways for stretches have dominated on that tour. How do you manage the expectations, um, out of the gates? Because, no matter how good you are, we've seen it on the men's and women's side, there, there is a adjustment. So how do you eliminate the distractions of people still expecting you to go out and win every single time with your own progression and your own expectations? For sure. Well, the first thing mm -hmm. is understanding that whole dynamic and really coming to the realization that you can't win every week. And I think the the reason why people are so shocked about my career so far is that golf is not a sport where you can win more than you lose. And I've been fortunate enough to, you know, win more than I have been losing in the past two years. But once you're on tour, you're playing against the best of the best in the world. And this is their career. This is their profession. So, for me, I treat it as something where I certainly do need to adjust to. Um, there's no, I, there's no way I can tell myself you're gonna have to go out there and win every single time, just like everyone thinks that you can. 
uh, it, that's just not sustainable. It's not a sustainable mindset. And I realized that. So I think the biggest adjustment is understanding that, hey, you're not going to have good weeks because you're going to be playing constantly. And on top of that, there's a lot more that's coming at you uh, than you have been getting in college golf. So um, I the expectations for myself uh, are very high, but I don't expect myself to be in a position where I have to win every single week. Um, yeah. And as long as I continue to have high expectations for my prep work and everything that's going on behind the scenes of my golf game, um, then that that's just good enough for me. Uh, and that's what I learned in college too. Like you're going to have people who are going to talk about you and there's certainly so much more expectation that other people are considering. Um, but you don't have to put their expectations on yourself. Only as long as you treat other people well, you do your thing uh, and you make life simple, uh, then, you know, that's just how I want to live my life. And I think that's the most sustainable, especially when I'm on tour. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's close with a couple quick hitters um, mm -hmm. just to kind of sum up your personality, your, your golf career. Oh, what, what was your, what was your most, most memorable trip um, in, in college for a tournament? Oh, oh, Hawaii, Nanea. Yeah. That was incredible. So fun. Um, yeah, our teammates, it was just a blur. Like the entire week, every single day was just funny. Um, and we would be out in the middle of the ocean on this random floaty, just trying to like battle each other and throwing each other in the water. Like that's just something that you can't really forget. So. That's brave of you. I, I would be afraid to be out in the ocean. <laughs> I've seen too many shark movies, Rose, um, to, to, to do that. Um, best, best win just in terms of how you felt you played. Oh. It could be mm -hmm. amateur as well. How I felt I played. Like just the, the best, the, the tournament where you brought your best stuff and you won. Huh. I will say... Wow, I can't mm, I can't really say because every week low key I was struggling. <laughs> I've been Rel I relatively roast, relatively struggling. <laughs> I would have to be grinding and I will say actually the first year, freshman year when I played Stanford Intercollegiate. That was a very solid week felt like I was in the groove of things and uh, it was our home event. So that was the time where I felt most comfortable, especially the final day. I was just cruising. <laughs> and then your toughest competition in amateur golf, the player who you showed up at a tournament and mm -hmm. felt like, even if I play well, this player could beat me. Player. Hmm. Obviously, I would argue Rachel Heck. Just yeah. because, you know, she's she's always up there, especially when if she's healthy, she's a force to be reckoned with. Um, there's a bunch of other players. Um, 
But I mean, the, the sport is deep. I mean, the sport is very deep. I can name so many players um, just out of the bat. Um, yeah. yeah, I. I mean, I feel like everyone's <laughs> capable. I'm sorry, I can't really. No, play. no, I. I, <laughs> I you know, I, it's. Uh, you know, it's it's a deep game, and uh, so let's let, let's close. Last question mm-hmm. with someone who's been the most influential in your life, your dad, um, from caddy to, you know, shuttle driver to, you know, venting uh, target, you know, bouncing stuff off him, just a source of love. Can you just sum up what your dad has, has meant to you in your golf career? One of my biggest supporters and he's been with me through thick and thin. Um, he's taught me everything I've known since I was little. Uh, and he sacrificed way more than I know, um, to allow me to be in this position today. Um, when I just started golf, he already quit his job to support me on a fully basis. He had so much faith in me, um, that I can make it and I can pursue a sport like this. And um, even if I don't play well, um, he's someone who, you know, disciplines me, but also supports me and keeps on allowing me to push through. Um, But at the same time, even when I'm playing well, he keeps me very grounded. So he would tell me, why'd you hit that shot? Why'd you go in the water? Why'd you hit it long? It would be like, it would be the most simple things. Um, but he's just been there since day one. And um, that's not something that I will ever take for granted. Um, and yeah, I think he's definitely shaped me into the person that I am today. Rose, uh, congrats on a great <laughs> amateur career. Good luck next week and thank you. Many years after that, uh, it, it's really been a, a, an absolute pleasure to cover you. Look forward to seeing what pro golf has in store. So go kill it. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus Chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 